Welcome to Conspiracy What? I'm Allie. I'm Cameron. And this week we are welcoming back a previous guest, Sarah. Hello. Uh, you might remember she was on the uh, the Agatha Christie's UFO Adventure episode. Yeah. Um, what do we call it? We didn't call it that. Henge Tour 1920. 2020. Or 19 whatever. 19-something. <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah, Hinge Tour, Agatha Christie's UFO Hinge Tour. Uh, this week we're talking about something different. Um, if you live in the Monterey, Big Sur area in California, you may have heard of the Dark Watchers, which are some creepy little monsters that kind of just stare at you from the trees and nobody really knows what they are or why or when they came from. Yeah, really weird creatures. I mean, are they creatures or are they more, I don't know, they look humanoid, which is un, is more unnerving than I think, you know, normal cryptids that are birds or bats or moths or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I know for sure, like, it's very, it's variated between like, is it an actual entity or is it like a spirit? Like, is it actually there? Or it's hard to say. <laughs> it's not like anybody has ever actually interacted with one. You kind of just see it from far away. I mean, people have kind of interacted with them, I guess, depending on... Well. <laughs> depending on which stories you believe and which ones you don't. Yeah, you know, we've found some fun comments, um, you know, witness testimonies and Reddit threads and all those fun things where some people probably legitimately told what happened and some people made it up. Yeah. But anyway... Um, one is I've never heard of this before and everybody I've talked to in the past few days has never heard of this before so hopefully it'll be new for a lot of people yeah, yeah. we're here to explain you a thing about some creepy things in the forest it's kind of hard to say where these came from but basically it's in the Santa Lucia mountains which runs along the coast of California maybe is 13,000 years old or so but who knows really it can date back maybe as early as the 1500s but i think more likely it's like the early 1900s and then there's been a lot of similar things in different countries but not the exact like this one in california is a little bit different so you can usually find them around dawn or dusk when there's like not very much light and extra fog because it's california and they're usually just kind of staring out at the ocean or out into the distance. I mean, maybe they're just, they like good views. Yeah, I mean, they're just pondering life. Who knows how long they're alive. They just kind of enjoy the ocean. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what? what's a better description of what they look like? Um, from what I have read, they are tall. They are obviously dark, hence the dark washer part of it. They have these broad brimmed hats and I don't know that they specifically say coats, but they're sort of tall, black-clad creatures. But the hat I find interesting because that's very... If it was something that came about in the, you know, 13,000 years ago, did people have those kind of hats back then? Maybe they did, or maybe it just is a, a, a style icon <laughs> that slowly developed. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think about that. That's what I was thinking about, too, is the hat thing seemed kind of strange. Though I don't know what the style was 13,000 years ago. If that's when this first showed up, maybe they did hats and then forgot about them and then brought them back eventually. Very possible. A timeline of hats. A timeline of hats. <laughs> Usually they're carrying uh, like walking sticks or something too. Uh, oh, right, right. But it's kind of hard. To, I feel like it would be kind of hard to tell whether it's a walking stick or a tree <laughs> if they're usually in the forest. Yeah, I mean, the, the way people describe them is, like, when they're standing around, they're they're weirdly thin. But, like, the walking stick, I imagine, means there's, like, an arm jutting out to the side that's holding something that I imagine also goes towards the ground. So it could be a walking stick. It could be fingers. Oh, God. Could oh, be, Slenderman. Yeah, exactly. Could be anything <laughs> like that. Why did you say fingers? That's scary. <laughs> I'm just saying, maybe um, it wasn't walking sticks. 
it's dark outside. I just got really creeped out. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And then another creepy thing about them is if you look at them and notice them, sometimes they disappear either when you look away or sometimes while you're still looking at them, they just kind of dissolve into thin air. Um, so I guess that's definitely like a factor of whether it's a real like living thing standing there or if it's a spirit of some sort. Yeah. It's one of those things too, where it's like, we, we've talked about this on our uh, Hatman episode where it's, it's this slender dark figure that seems to be watching you, but it wants to be noticed watching you. Otherwise you wouldn't see it at all. Like the many yeah. things that watch us every day that we don't see from the shadows. This isn't one of those. How many things watch us every day? What are you talking about? It's hard to say. You don't see them. That's that's the whole point. Uh, but that, I mean, that is one of those things, right? Like it's it. People are like they're mysterious and they're secret and they're trying to hide from you. But if they were trying to hide from you, they just would hide from you. There's not. They wouldn't. You wouldn't yeah. be able to see them that's at true. any point. Uh, it, because many people say that they like with the technology thing, how they won't come around people with technology. They obviously show themselves under certain circumstances. Yeah, but usually only if you don't have any technology. Yeah, but it's not like a Mothman thing either, where like Mothman is said to appear in moments of tragedy or chaos. This is just something where they're just kind of there, and then they're not. It's very odd. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of the the whole theory about multiple um, universes existing in the same plane or something, and then the veil lifts for a second and you can see to the other side. Oh, we're just like seeing other people that are in the same place. Right. Specific time of day in these mountains, you just have that little eclipse of reality and dimension. I think we've already just come up with like three extra (laughs) theories on top of this in the first 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, So let's talk about one of my favorite things about this theory. And I had no idea was actually like part of it is this is something that was prominent, if not invented in literature. Um, So authors John Steinbeck and Robinson Jeffers actually mentioned them in some of their stories and poems. Um, I like that because I I wonder if such notorious authors or famous authors would want to put their status in jeopardy of being called a crazy person if they talked about these mysterious vapor ghosts in the woods or something yeah i mean it's hard to say because like sometimes it can seem really metaphorical but if you take it at face value it's you know like the dark form against the sky i'll read that quote it sounds like a lot of the steinbecks actually were believers in these dark watcher things um uh, john steinbeck is a native of california and so he kind of lived around in this area and so one of the quotes about the dark watchers that we see in one of his stories is from a short story called flight and i'll just read the little section uh pepe looked up to the top of the next dry withered ridge he saw a dark form against the sky a man's figure standing on top of a rock and he glanced away quickly not to appear curious when a moment later he looked up again the figure was gone spooky I don't know what the rest of the story is supposed to be about. I didn't look that up, but I haven't read that one yet. The, the story itself, from what I read, is not, I haven't read the story, but from what I read about it, is not actually about the Dark Watchers. This is just kind of a moment where they seem to show up. But I mean, it very much seems like one of those things where Steinbeck, like you said, is a California native and to this area specifically. So the likelihood that he hadn't heard about them would be very low which means it wouldn't be surprising to see him incorporate that into one of his stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I and wonder if that is kind of a local lore thing. Do you hear about that as a kid? Because, you know, we, we all have stories in our local area about the, you know, witches and demons and things you need to avoid. But is that one of, you call it, you California kids that you hear? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I could very much see that, too, just because he was born in 1902, so he would have been raised in the early 1900s, which is definitely a time for, like, folklore around small communities. Urban legends. Yeah, a very different California than right now as well. So, very different area. Well, and with such a 
an eerie landscape, it's it would be hard not to come up with stories about that. Keep kids oh, in real. Yeah. The the forests over there are amazing, but at night they are mm-hmm. horrifying. <laughs> uh, especially since right off the ocean you get all the the fog and stuff and it doesn't help with all the creepy trees that kind of like are gnarled in different directions and the low hanging branches and weeping willows and all those kinds of things and in the fog it's like perfect horror movie setting yeah are there earthquakes in that area too yeah oh geez <laughs> it's the best else. so you were saying that john steinbeck didn't write that story about dark watchers but his son i think it's thomas but i'm not sure anyway john steinbeck's son actually wrote a book called in search of the dark watchers and it was collaborated with an artist whose name was Benjamin Bodie. And basically what they did is, well, his son had grown up with these stories and part of the story in the book is apparently that his grandmother told him the story of the Dark Watchers. So obviously like this predates John Steinbeck. So he probably was also raised with these stories but yet it's really hard to actually trace it back. So like, where did she hear the story from? Mm. There's not a lot of written down evidence with this cryptid or thing or phenomenon, whatever you want to call it. It's just kind of like, it seems like a very oral passed down tradition. Yeah. I wonder if there's anything, because I, I didn't really look into these kind of stories elsewhere. And I wonder if it's just this area or if these watchers are seen in other forests or if it has to be more of a fog situation do you know i did find some other ones that we can talk about later all right (laughs) but this book is uh, a very hard to find um i couldn't find it at the library anywhere i put in a request for interlibrary loan and i saw on reddit that apparently the only copies are in monterey california so Oh, road trip. Who knows if they will send those over. But next time I'm in California, I will definitely go read that. You can um, buy a copy paperback on Amazon for $55. Oh. Yeah. For 64 pages. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It was originally published for like $185 wow. for 64 pages. It's like mostly an art book with his notes. So basically... John Steinbeck's son wrote all of the lore in it. And then the artist actually went to like the Big Sur area and hung out there for a few weeks. And he said he did encounter some watchers and he painted the landscapes. So you can go to darkwatchersbook.com and you can see the gallery. There's like the paintings there, but there aren't any of the actual writings really. So that's kind of cool. I don't know. I thought it was interesting that there's it seems to be a family tradition with them. Yeah. I mean, it seems like it's obviously something that was passed down through at least uh, John Steinbeck's mom and whether or not John believed it, it seems. But that's the problem didn't. with this theory is it's hard to trace it back. Cause like, we'll talk about it in a minute, but there's rumors that it wasn't an indigenous story, Right. but there's, literally no evidence other than the same copy pasted little sentence that's on every single freaking article about this (laughs) that's another thing that i hate about researching conspiracies is that a lot of times it's just copy pasted and then you can't really trace anything back so there is another author robinson jeffers who wrote this in a poem too just as a note real quick so thomas thomas steinbeck he didn't he didn't actually get told these stories from his grandmother he actually never met his grandmother. That's mm-hmm. what he says in the beginning of his book. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Because the descriptions that I read about the book, since I can't read the book, is that his grandmother told him. Specifically quoted, this book says, uh, I owe a debt of gratitude to my grandmother, Olive Hamilton Steinbeck. Though we never met face to face, her blood and her stories run through my veins. So he must have found writings from her. That's what it sounds like. Okay. Well, I want the writings of Olive Steinbeck then. (laughs) Ew, that's great. That's really interesting. Family of writers. Family of creepy writers. Exactly. (laughs) You got to pass down some scary stories, right? (laughs) Yeah. Family tradition. Yeah. 
So this is what an excerpt of this poem. Mm-hmm. Just the part that I actually from talks such about dark watchers, right? So he says he thought it might be one of the watchers who are often seen in this length of coast range forms that look human to human eyes, but certainly are not human. They come from behind ridges to watch, but when he approached it, he recognized the shabby clothes and pale hair and even the averted forehead and concave line from the eye to the jaw, so that he was not surprised when the figure turning toward him in the quiet twilight showed his own face. Then it melted and merged into the shadows beyond it. And again, that's from such counsels you gave to me. That sounds very much like a description of an early Dutch settler than anything with the broad brimmed black hat and the light light hair and that's that's kind of what I was thinking is along those lines when I first heard what they were described as and then hearing that I think it was it was early 1500s but something like 1530s is when the first European recorded sighting is Mm -hmm. down but that's what it sounds like it sounds like other settlers of the time yeah which is odd I don't remember hearing about the Dutch being in that area. It was mostly Spaniards, but I don't yeah, know, all the way on the west. Yeah, I mean, according to this, uh, the Dutch didn't make it into America. They only made it onto the East Coast by 1624. Huh. So, so it's a dark watcher. <laughs> I guess it's a dark watcher or something weird. But again, I mean, like it goes back to like the idea of. And we'll talk about it more like in depth, but like the 13,000 years ago thing where the descriptions don't seem to make a lot of sense because it is very, I mean, they're very long coats with specific hats. And I didn't even think about the the actual like garb they're wearing. Yeah. It doesn't make sense past a certain time period. Yeah. Well, in the, the supposed drawings that, uh, that are within that area from like the old uh, indigenous drawings, they don't look like the descriptions of How did you find a the, picture? of the dark watchers. I did, and it took me a while to realize that I had found a picture because people kept saying the drawings or the paintings look like that. So I went to go try and find one. I kept finding different paintings. I was like, this doesn't look like that. And then someone had zoomed in on one. I was oh, like, no. oh, that's what I'm supposed <laughs> so to be like looking at. So it's like a conspiracy at. photo, but a cave painting where they zoom into a smudge and they're like, I, It's look. not a smudge. Like it is very big, but you just like looking at it at first, I didn't realize that's what the object was supposed to be. So it's very, it's, it's, I've seen that same type of drawing in other cave paintings as well. So it's not something that I was I was actually looking specifically for because I was looking for silhouetted figures with hats or with something on their head that looked like a hat possibly, like something that looked strange, but I didn't find that specifically. Yeah, should we talk about the whole indigenous thing then? Yeah, go for it. Because there's pretty much everything says that it dates back to the, is it Chumash? Yeah, I've heard, well, the only way that this is really embarrassing and nerdy, but the only way I've ever heard this pronounced is Shumash because of the Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Uh, Which is where I get most of my indigenous history. No, um, but that's, yeah, sure. For for sake of... (laughs) Shumash. Yeah. Shumash. Sure, (laughs) Shumash. Whatever works. Anyway, it supposedly dates back to the Shumash indigenous peoples, but uh, the tribes themselves actually say it doesn't. And like Cam said, there are cave paintings, but it's hard to tell what that's supposed to be. It could be literally anything. They're, they're very obviously people, the paintings. Um, not everything in the painting is people, but... Can we post it? There, I mean, we could find a picture of it, I'm sure, and post it. But they're they're very obviously people. They're very like rectangular in nature, and they have uh, they have like stripes going across them, and then they have like outlines, like lines coming off of their head, kind of like like your typical sun drawing or like your holy uh, character drawing from like what you see in like older paintings. So they don't really look like the Watchers, other than the fact that they are indeed people paintings of people and have something over their heads that's the only real connection i can find in the paintings that i found now if there's other paintings that show something different but this is consistently the only like i found like three different paintings was the only ones i could find 
So if someone else has something, I would love to see it. I wonder if those paintings are um, indicative. It reminds me of the feather kind of headdresses that, um, and I know everybody listening is thinking like the plains headdresses, but I mean the South American where it sits more like a crown. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if that could have been mistaken by people if this watcher was looking in a certain direction or down or something that would look like a brim of a hat as opposed to crown or something but that's yeah i mean i could see that and like if we're talking again like if we're talking about this coming from thirteen thousand years ago it would make sense if you see like similar like similar wardrobes going through like the time and similar like ritualistic uh Mm -hmm. clothes because you do have some historians who think that a lot of those indigenous tribes from the Southern cultures traveled through Mm -hmm. the Northern continent. So that's possible. But I mean, so I guess that would be why that appeared 13,000 years ago. It still seems a little suspect, a little bit. It it kind of would make sense too for the settlers with with the first kind of um, the story coming out from the settlers where they didn't have any experience with what traditional indigenous uh, styles were. And maybe that's how they interpreted it, that it looks like a hat to them, but it, they didn't understand. You know, it's kind of, it's spooky. It's a bunch of fog. It's like, yeah. ooh, it looks, that looks kind of like a broad brim hat. I don't know. Yeah. Um, some of the Spaniards did wear hats like that too. Yeah. And I don't think we mentioned that the Spanish name for these watchers from the Spanish settlers are Los Vigilantes Oscuros, mm-hmm. which basically just means the same thing. Which is the name of my next metal band, by the way. Nice. <laughs> yeah, so like with this, the whole indigenous thing, basically it should make sense that the Dark Watchers predate Steinbeck and Jeffers. and But the problem is there like literally is no anything written down anywhere before those two authors that says anything no it's not true because i mentioned that earlier the european sailors written record we have written record from the 1500s that they saw dark creatures in that same exact area on those same exact mountains okay so there is actual record from the 1500s there's nothing before that unless you go off the cave paintings from 13,000 years before so there isn't anything in between the two either though there might be it could just be something that's hard to find. But we've definitely seen, according to Thomas Steinbeck's book, according to the excerpts I was able to read, it it is the culture from where he's from to talk about the Dark Watchers, which means there's, that culture definitely existed before 1900. I would assume it's passed down before even 1800. So probably it started heavily with the sightings from the sailors in the 1500s. And then it probably just spread as lore and is something that's kind of kept in the back of people's minds. I mean, again, yeah. like folklore kind of spread like wildfire at the time. And it was something that you told to children to either keep them entertained or children would tell to other children to scare them or even parents to scare their children, something to keep kids in line. So it's not surprising that there's not necessarily easily attainable written records, but it's also not surprising to hear that it was passed down orally, at least from Thomas Steinbeck's perspective. Although this one was weird to me because most cautionary tales are that you go into the woods and these cryptids will attack you if you're doing something bad, but these guys seem to do nothing. They just watch and that could be scary enough. I get it's very Santa-esque, but it's, you know, that's just kind of some kids, some weirdos like me, when I was a kid, I would have thought, oh, it's just an angel, a guardian angel or something, and then walk into the woods and disappear or something. Yeah. Um, that, that is apparently Thomas Steinbeck's favorite thing about the Dark Watchers is that they're just kind of docile creatures out there hanging out, and they're not really there to harm anybody, which is, I guess, where his fascination originated with them. Um which is fair. I mean, there's literally nothing that I've, I've read researching this where a dark watcher has like attacked anybody or taken anybody or... No, the, the closest I've seen to anything 
that I would even consider remotely malicious. I don't even want to say malicious because it's not, but it very like, very like myth, mythological trickster like esque mm-hmm. is one guy said that he saw one up on a mountaintop and he waved to it thinking it was another hiker. And then it, when it waved back, he realized it was there's something off about it and it wasn't a hiker. And then he says that he then was smoking. And when he blew out smoke, the creature blew out smoke. And then he briefly looked away, looked back, and it was gone. So that's the only story that I read that was like... It's not even really malicious. That's what I'm saying, though, is it's not. But it is at least, it's interacting, which is the only story I read where it like physically is interacting with someone by copying their movements. That's clearly sentient. Yeah, exactly. It's it's not just like some silhouette (laughs) being or even like little dimensional rift necessarily, unless it was just a rift where they both saw each other, which would be really unless it's Sarah's theory where the the veil was thinned and it's just something on the other side like oh hey that's what I was (laughs) that's what I'm saying is maybe it was just that on the other side in some other universe there's people also wondering what our shadows are right at that same time. They yeah. were both just out for a smoke break. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, what are those odds? <laughs> Interdimensional or, smoke break buddies. Or yeah, it's yeah. possible <laughs> the guy who told that story watched too much X-Files. Could be Very that. True. Could be that. But what well, I want to continue with the indigenous thing is apparently the shoe mash. <laughs> there isn't really anything in their beliefs or mythologies or histories that actually really has anything to do with the Dark Watchers. There is a book that I put on hold <laughs> called right. December's Child, a book of Shumash original narratives. Yeah. And it doesn't mention really anything about Dark Watchers or anything that resembles them much. And I did try to research it and it just comes up with the same copy pasted thing that is pretty much everywhere else. Yeah, that's that's basically what I found is, I, and people were saying like there's, there's these native stories and I was like, okay, great. I would <laughs> What's love the to native read them. story? Please uh, just tell me. <laughs> but yeah, you can't find them, which means someone out there put that up with no links to any information about it. And then people have copied and pasted that since. But what? you mean indigenous stories were taken and not credited? What? What? That would be crazy. Another one of the theories that I have is in other indigenous cultures there are like there are stories about like guardian spirits or like Mm -hmm. silent watchers or giant elusive beings and i mean we already know that basically nobody pays attention to what tribes the stories come from they just kind of mush it all together and call it native and i have a feeling that's probably where something like this came from where it was like oh in the native stories (laughs) Yeah. But then they didn't actually do any of their research or talk to anybody that actually knew anything. And then now it's just kind of a rumor mm-hmm. that doesn't actually land. If your house was haunted, it's definitely built on top of an Indian burial ground. Like, that's... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Every single thing in the 70s and 80s, at least. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of... To be fair, there's a lot of creatures in different cultures origins that are like shadow like people and i'm sure if we like i know there's certain versions of the wendigo that Mm -hmm. if you look at different versions of the story you'll see more of a shadow like creature Mm -hmm. and then you also have creatures in japanese folklore that come up as like similar things in fact they have a lot of like silhouetted beings in their folklore so it's not crazy to see and also scotland like it, like that's the thing is like it wouldn't be crazy to see uh to see any indigenous stories about like these shadow people but the funny thing is is that i can't find anything directly related to this specific this area thing. right yeah so all over the world i've like you can find things like that and they all have their different meanings whether it's death or chaos or like the Mothman approach to like warnings, or if it's like, they're like guide stones and they're warning you away from danger or trying to push you towards a safe haven. You see those types of things, but not here, mm-hmm. not with the dark watchers. There's kind of nothing other than that 1500s account. And then later on the Steinbeck's account. Yeah. So it's hard to place it in specifically like anything native American in this area. Mm-hmm. And I saw one thing 
that said, I think the best way to describe the reason why this is even part of the, the rumor is that claiming Native American origins has a tendency to make legends sound more legitimate. True, yeah. quote unquote, legitimate. So yeah, it's it's hard to say if it's actually a thing. A lot of things try and brush it off by saying it was oral tradition. Apparently, there haven't been a lot of sightings recently. Sarah, you did you find something specifically about this? Like, is it kind of petering off sightings-wise? They are, um, and it was more just some theories that I had about as to why that is, and. Um, I was just trying to take on the the benevolent approach of these cryptids in that we all just carry around GPS and tracking devices and cell phones and everything like that. So we don't really need them if if their main purpose is to guide us or to watch over us or something Mm -hmm. like that. But then again, none of the stories say that they interfere at all. So it's really, I don't know why technology being with us would be a deterrent except for they don't want to be captured, which could go back to indigenous folklore of you take my picture and you steal my soul kind of a thing. So I don't know. Oh, yeah. Um, I did find one funny thing, a description of these that may explain why they're not popping up now if that's if that's the theory here. So this says that dark watchers are migratory beings possessed of incredible hearing and impeccable eyesight. I found this in one place. Um, (laughs) Like crows, they can sense the presence of gun oil and the smell of plastics and weatherproof coatings. Therefore, they are immune to high-tech detection and only reveal themselves to trekkers simply equipped with sticks and hats. Nothing else, just a stick and a hat. When do you think it was after the 1500s that they learned how to smell plastic? That's fair. Hmm. When was plastic invented? I think we looked this up for something else. I'm going to say it wasn't in the 1500s. I'm going to (laughs) guess. Oh, yeah. Refer to our Roswell episode for when plastic was invented. Was it plastic or was it aluminum in that one? It was 1907. 1907. Yeah. So so after 1907, these things evolved to smell plastic and weatherproof coating. Do you think they could smell record players before that? (laughs) A question. So I guess that means that literally everything we own as hikers is going to deter them since backpacks and shoes and coats are all weatherproofed if you're wearing them specifically for hiking. Your your smart watches and your phones and GPS and your water bottle is all apparently made of things that are going to deter a dark watcher. So you better be running out naked in the forest at night if you want to catch one of these. Or dress like Jeremiah Johnson, just full head to toe buckskin. Let's bring that back. Yes. I would love to bring that back. And that's the only way. Um, but I just, I love that it's very specific and I found it only on one place. Migratory beings though, like is kind of interesting if we see them in other cultures around the world. Maybe they just went to California for a brief period of time and now maybe they're not really there anymore. But then they stayed there? Because yep. that brief period of time <laughs> is in theory 13,000 years if we're going with everything. And even if it's not that, it's still a couple hundred years. Not, not Some fast Some of them movers. stayed behind. Not fast movers. But the majority of their little clan moved along. They're like all their kids finished high school. And so the Collins had to move on. They can't stay in that area anymore. (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs) What we're here for is nerdy jokes. (laughs) I mean, there's not a lot more to add, is there? To the actual like stories and lore of just the Dark Watchers. No, I mean, that's, there's not. They're pretty, I mean, they're so elusive that there's not really a lot going on. Like they don't do anything, you know? They yeah, just kind of stand there. And a lot of the information you find is very copy paste all over the internet. Doesn't really matter how far I dig, just kind of find the same information that I found on the first site or the second site. Yeah, but I did find some other things that are very similar that I wanted to bring up. And the rabbit there. hole you were talking about? Yes, multiple oh, rabbit holes actually. Oh, sweet, um, let's go. So if you, if any of you, any of you have listened to our Hatman phenomenon episode, uh, we found this comment on one of the, um, one of the articles we read and we were like, oh my God, that's, 
that's not a dark watcher that's Hatman. but it does sound very similar if you think about it um so this comment said what is the difference between shadow people and dark watcher i have never heard of a dark watcher before i had an experience of seeing a shadow person at my home in texas but the description of it fits a dark watcher much more burnt hat still very still just watching which is an exact description of the hat man yeah yeah Ooh. so a weird bleed over into another conspiracy yeah because it's i don't know it just further validated the hat man episode for me because it was like see this person didn't even know what hat man was right but then was like oh this is like a shadow person but more like a dark watcher but that's kind of what hat man is is he is a shadow person but specifically a tall man in a coat and a hat who watches who just watches yeah and sometimes has red eyes which is really scary <laughs> um yeah, I, th- I just thought that was really interesting. Yeah, it, it's an interesting little crossover there. And it, it's what I originally thought, like looking up Dark Watchers and hearing what they wear. I was like, oh, Hatman got lost and he's just <laughs> watching people from their rooms now. Never quite found that coast again. But it's, yeah, it, it's a weird bleed over. Every now and then you find how they connect. Yeah. Okay, then my favorite one. Let me open this link real quick. Okay, so my favorite one is one from Scotland, actually in Gaelic traditions, that is a lot more popular than the Dark Watchers. It's called the Big Gray Man of Ben McDwee, if that's how you say it. Uh, in Gaelic, it's Amphirliath Moor, maybe. Um, so basically, it's a large dark watcher type creature that haunts the Cairngorms and it sounds a lot creepier it it they describe it more as something that haunts the highest peaks of the mountains out there and those who describe it say it's a tall figure covered with short hair and it can also be an unseen presence which is what some things say with the dark watchers in california is that sometimes you just kind of feel them watching you Mm. but this one can be large humanoid standing over 10 feet tall, which is a little bit larger than the Dark Watchers. And I guess they can see more features on it because it also is described as having olive-toned skin with long arms and broad shoulders. Yeah. Which is a whole lot of nope. (laughs) (laughs) And, oh, and then the other creepy thing is most of the reports, almost all of the reports of this thing, include the sound of footsteps crunching in gravel just out of sight. Ooh. Yeah, I've, I've read about the Greyman as well. Uh, Greyman pops up pretty typically if you look up like Bigfoot around the world, you hmm. get the Greyman. Uh, he's a little bit more of like a ninja gray or like ninja Bigfoot since he does kind of sneak around. <laughs> ninja Bigfoot. Yeah, okay. exactly. Uh, but it is a very similar, I did read that some people were comparing it to this, but from what I've read, I feel like it's more of a Bigfoot than anything else. More mm. of like a Sasquatch type of character. Because it's covered in hair. It'll come up again whenever we eventually go over like different types of Bigfoots, which is the worst word, but <laughs> it'll it'll come up again because it's got it's one of those things where it's like it's creepy and weird, and some people see it and it's monstrous, so it connects to a lot of different creatures. Yeah, but this one dates back to the late eighteen hundreds. Well, and wasn't there something in um, in the lore that? about sound being thrown strangely with the fog in California or something. I don't know. I've never lived anywhere but Colorado, but I read something about that in the dark watchers where people think that the sound being from somewhere else is the echoing in the fog, which makes it so much more terrifying because you can't tell where it's coming from. I've never been around enough fog to know what that sounds like, but it's horrifying yeah. it Thank creates you. infrasound which is that's it infrasound. Yeah. yeah okay yeah. so that's what you're talking about yeah um that can come off of waves and it's i believe it rests at like 20 hertz or something like that it's something that you can't really hear but it is 
audible enough that you're still perceiving something. It's it's audible to your subconscious yeah. mind. Your brain knows there is sound happening, but you can't really tell that there is a sound. And so infrasound can actually cause if it's um, if it's I think if it's low enough, it can cause hallucinations, um, yeah. visual or auditory hallucinations, depending on the level of the infrasound. And if I think we talked about that in our Skinwalker Ranch episode, right? And in Dyatlov. Yeah, because in Dyatlov, the sound was coming off the mountain. And in the Skinwalker Ranch one, the house that is supposedly haunted has the perfect basement to create infrasound. Yeah. So. Perfect basement for demons to come howling from. Uh, but yeah, no, that's that's another bleed over though. That, does yeah. that really echo in fog? Does that have something to do with fog? I don't know, I know if that. it has anything to do with the fog. I did read a couple of things talking about the infrasound though in that area could get intense enough in theory to cause hallucinations. Mm-hmm. However, I, some of these accounts come from like people's cars and stuff too. So I don't think it explains everything. I mean, fog itself can cause all kinds of uh, yeah. false visions of things yeah especially during like specific times of the day and you're on a coastline so you have other sounds coming around to you so it'd be hard to understand what's going on around you i'm sure those low level sounds from the earthquakes are doing something too oh yeah also that. rumblings of yeah. the i don't know how often they happen but i assume that it's at least five times a day that's just what i picture <laughs> california is um, just constantly earthquakes. it depends on the day i mean a lot of times earthquakes happen and you don't even feel them because they're so small yeah but it's really not as scary as it sounds i know a lot of people that don't live in california think it's like you know world ending earthquakes every time but it's it's really just kind of like if you kicked the table and it kind of rumbles for a second <laughs> oh i would just assume that my house is haunted I mean, you never know, really, in the right places in California. <laughs> yeah, Indian um, burial grounds everywhere, man. Yeah, and I. So the last thing I wanted to bring up for other, other lore, <laughs> is the Fresno Nightcrawlers are sort of similar, and I wanted to talk about these for an episode, but they are a total hoax. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, no, they're not worth um, an episode on. I saw an article that called them haunted pants because <laughs> that's all they look like. It's like, you may have seen them. It's usually like night cam videos where they show these and they're kind of just like two legs with what may look like a head kind of the top and, top, and they just kind of walk really slowly through people's backyards. It, it looks really creepy, but then I found out it was a hoax and I was really bummed out about it, but. Aww. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty well-known hoax. Uh, one of the earliest versions of it, when I, believe is the first version of it came from a um a news channel who wanted an interesting story and they didn't have one so they took some b-roll took their editor who knew some visual effects had him make a weird creature and throw it in and you have the night crawlers and eventually they caved and told people that they faked it and he showed everyone how he did it so no or- more mystery to the night crawlers or was it that they were told to say that it was fake? They could have True. Been. I mean, a lot of the theories is that they were aliens. said, you, you, you can't just out us like that. That's rude. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I love them, and they, are, they could be sort of similar, except they kind of glow at night rather than... They're yeah. like the opposite of the show. It's nice. <laughs> um, Glowing haunted pants. Another one, though, like another weird thing that I saw pop up was one time, just this comment, but people always got to bring Masons into things. Oh. <laughs> and one person said uh, on a comment on an article, these are Masonic rituals, end of discussion, mind your own business people for your own safety. Ooh. Which, yeah. Which I don't know. It's very doomsday. I really don't know if people get the Freemasons because they're not quite what people make them out to be. And... I don't really see Freemasons doing weird, creepy rituals consistently so on saying, the coast. Are they saying that the Dark Watchers are the Freemasons? Like the shadow people? They're are saying that it's some people? ritual connected, and I assume they're trying to say that it's the Freemasons. But the Freemasons, for one, like one thing I do know for sure is they really only do their rituals, like quote unquote rituals, whatever it is they do. I don't know. I still like to imagine they just heat up a bunch of popcorn and talk amongst themselves because that's what it looks like. But <laughs> yeah. they they do them inside specific 
buildings. Mm -hmm. They pay a lot of money for these buildings. They don't do rituals in their backyards. They don't really do those buildings. I would. Yeah. I want to go visit some of those buildings. I didn't see any dark watchers. It was actually they were having a holiday craft fair inside, (laughs) but it was still creepy. It was still creepy. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, so. So some people think that it could be, or one person at least thinks that it could be Masonic rituals. I have yet to see any real <laughs> Mason ritual because they're pretty secretive about it. And I don't see them doing it outside the middle of the woods where people frequently walk on trails. So. No. Yeah. Um, I see there's a thing in here about shipwrecks. Sarah, please tell us your shipwreck story. Yeah. So this was something that I just found earlier today when after I got home um, I found a a video about a haunted lighthouse in the Big Sur area and I thought that was interesting because of course my brain is jumping to a lot of conclusions about all of this but with the timeline I found that part interesting that there were a bunch of shipwrecks we it went from I don't know being a few dozen shipwrecks every so often and then the gold rush happened and then there were thousands of shipwrecks off of this little what's the proper word there's like a piece of land sticking out into the ocean peninsula yes thank you my my first grade geography teacher is really upset right now um so they decided to build this lighthouse and not only a lighthouse but it was a whole station so it has several different buildings and apparently this is the only working light station in the United States right now. And the whole point of it was to prevent all of these wrecks from happening, but it didn't always. And so my thought was the, the mental image I'm getting from the description of these watchers is that it's very old fishermen-like, where they, they wear these big hats and these long, dark um, coats and it's very widow's walkie that they stand facing the ocean and just staring out into the ocean. It just seems like a, an old sailor ghost waiting for his friends to make it onto land. But that goes into the ghost theory, but that wasn't until the 1800s. So it doesn't account for the, the 1500s. I like that though. That's interesting. I, I feel like we can make a lot of speculations based just like alone off of what they're wearing. Mm-hmm. Or supposedly wearing. I've also well, seen a few over time. I've seen a few descriptions of them, um, just kind of being tall, human-like figures without a hat. But mm-hmm. most of them are hat-clad. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the hats came around later. Maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe they, what they, they saw thirteen thousand years ago. They've just been changing wardrobes slowly over time. <laughs> At some point, they knew about the Matrix, so they put on long coats. Nice. They really oh. liked the hats, so they just went with some hats on top. And are they wearing snapbacks and pro tanks now, like everybody else? In I assume give it like thirty years, <laughs> and that's what you'll start seeing. <laughs> There's always like thirty years behind the fashion. Yeah. Timeline. Okay. Yeah, just just chugging a beer on the mountains in like thirty years. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love California. Okay, so is there anything else we have about the? hat man or not hat man <laughs> dark watcher theory well i mean we can go into conclusions about them yeah yeah cool so your basic explanation for these things would be optical illusions of some sort um shadows kind of bending weird uh one thing i remember from living in, in california is these trees you guys can see here mm-hmm. I will post them. They're like the really tall columnar pine trees mm-hmm. and they can get pretty huge. And in California where there's lots of hills, you can usually, they kind of stick up off the hills and at dusk, they can be really eerie kind of off in the distance. And if, especially if it's a really foggy night, it just kind of looks like, like rows of people just kind of standing around. And so that was like my first thought is remembering seeing these trees at night when there's a little bit of light left in the sky, but all the trees are totally black. I mean, it doesn't account for the hat, but there are a lot of these weird, really thin trees in California. 
But I mean, a pile of clothing on the chair across my room in the dark turns into a demon immediately when you turn off the lights. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense to me that a tree could also put a hat on and look terrifying. Yeah. In your mind, not not literally hats. <laughs> I would be terrified if a tree if a tree just like put on a hat. I, I'd be horrified. Um, you put something in here about what's that thing where you see faces when they aren't there? Right. What is? I can't remember what that. Parade. Paridolia. Yeah. Yeah. Where you find faces in human forms. I've always loved that phenomena just because it's one of the oldest parts of our brains that look for human forms or faces in things. And I think it's funny that we still to this day have that ability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's pretty great. You know, seeing Jesus in a piece of toast. That's yeah. fantastic. I love that stuff. But it's also like you just said, like seeing a demon as a chair with a coat on it. Yep. Yep. I mean, it's very easy, especially out in the forest. I mean, you see all kinds of things in the forest, like trees just like ruin your perception of reality around you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And especially when there's less light, it's so easy to see like a face in some bark Mm -hmm. or a human figure in a weird gnarled tree. I I think when, when you're looking at this too, like one of the things you see is that this happens a lot of times when there's very, very little light or when light's kind of leaving. And if anyone's ever like actually not just camped, but actually like hiked through a forest at night, it is a very like- It's a it's whole a, lot of nope. It's a very creepy experience. It can be, especially if you're by yourself. Uh, it can be very creepy. But one of the things that I that's happened, like when I'm hiking through the forest at night, I've never seen anything weird, but I used to do that a lot. And you you don't so much see the shadows. What you see is when there's something that's not a shadow. And that's what stands out to you. And Mm -hmm. that's like the creepy part of being in a forest at night. And then suddenly it stands out as like this, this insane thing. If you're just to look and then look away and it's just like a glint of light or something, and then it goes away, you'll have no idea what you saw. And in your mind, you just saw some kind of creature or person. I mean, it could have been anything. I'm really happy. I'm not facing the window with the trees right now. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry, you can't see them. They can see you, but you can't see them. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Always watching with their hats on, their night yes. hats. I want to go put a hat on one of the trees now, just, <laughs> yeah. just so I can see. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's so it's one of those things where it wouldn't surprise me if like people are outside at night and they see what is like light glinting off, or I mean, it could be anything from like someone's headlights on a car. I mean, it could just be a weird reflection off the water. There's waves over there. So it could be a really weird reflection where you're catching something and you think you're seeing a shadow, but you're seeing the reverse. I can't imagine hiking at night next to the ocean. Yeah. I wonder if the lighthouse light can reach up that far. It's got to at least reflect, I would think, or reflect, I guess. But it's got to at least make it somewhere up there, I would think. But yeah, I mean, it, that also kind of leads into there. there's one theory called the Brocken Spectre. Which I think is such a cool, very specific phenomenon. It is. Uh, it's very, very specific. It's, Can you explain? <laughs> so I can't really remember what exactly the Brocken how it Spectre, happens. What the Brocken Spectre is, is this, uh, it's this phenomenon where you have mist on a mountain and or you have really low clouds. You can have either one. And when the sun's going down, and you have just the right kind of light, that light can catch you and project your shadow onto the physical things around you, which would be clouds or mist or fog or whatever. And you then have your shadow cast directly in front of you. So it looks like it's standing up rather than just actually projecting out from you. However, the Brock, a lot of people keep saying the Brock Inspector explains this it doesn't in the case of the dark watchers because there's too many sightings from not on the mountaintop itself. You'd have to be on the mountain for your sighting to happen. And you'd have to be in a position where the sun is casting against you and you're looking the opposite direction of the sun. And like we have, I mean, we have a 1500s account of a guy on a ship 
he's not near the mountains. So there's no way his shadow's projecting. If it is, that's a whole other phenomenon in itself. <laughs> so the Brock Inspector, while cool, it doesn't really work for this. So it's one of those things where it, it sounds like originally like, oh, it's just like a projection of your own shadow or something else's shadow. But in reality, it would have to be a pretty heavy projection depending on where you're standing. Mm. So very unlikely. Very, very unlikely. And if you're the one hiking with a stick and a big hat and you see that, then, then maybe. But if, it's, if you aren't and you see something in front of you with a big hat and a stick, that's... Yeah, that's, that's different. <laughs> that's a very good point. I mean, at that point, I would imagine they'd get freaked out looking in like a reflection of water, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think that was really cool. There's also the idea that maybe it's just instances of the third man factor, which I read another rabbit hole I went down. <laughs> I read that it is basically a phenomenon where the only problem is that most of the time it happens in like traumatic or stressful situations. Like if you're in danger somewhere in the wilderness or something like that, you see like a third person if there's only two of you there or you seem to think that there's somebody there to help you like an extra guardian. Yeah. Um, and I wrote down a poem by T.S. Eliot, who this kind of sounds a lot like. So this poem goes, who is the third who walks always beside you? When I count, there are only you and I together. But when I look up, but when I look ahead up the white road, there is always another one walking beside you. Ew. Yeah. It's supposed to be hopeful and comforting because I was not comforted. <laughs> I don't know what it's supposed to be, but I am not comforted either. Oh my gosh. And it reminds me of, I don't know if it was like something my friends told me a long time ago, but Serena, one of our other co-hosts told me about this story where it's like one of those like campfire ghost stories where you're talking about how there's like eight people and they're all hanging out and then they do a head count before they go off to the next place and they count nine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but it's in dusk and you can't see everybody's faces. And mm-hmm. so you're like, oh shit, which one's the imposter? That's kind of, that's basically like the third man factor is the excess person. Mm. Is it bad or good? <laughs> that is an interesting idea. I guess it's kind of like a psychological thing, but I'm not really sure. That's, and that's why I don't leave my house. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> Nope. Good reason to stay inside. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we, we talked about fog and trees and shadows stretching at dusk and, you know, natural phenomenon that could explain this. Yeah. There's, there's also the possibility, crazy one here, <laughs> that they're not the one that I put on the outline yet, but there's also the very normal possibility that there are just other people in the mountains. No. And that you Absolutely are literally <laughs> just seeing other people, which I think is legitimate. And like, if you say, for example, random example, are in the 1500s on a boat in an area being settled by other people, <laughs> and you look up in the mountains and you see people, it could just be people. It's yep. a really weird thought. <laughs> or if Very you think you're be. the first ones there and you see people, you're probably not the first ones there. That you know is not the motto of America. Tribes have been living here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that, that's a possibility. And I, the funny thing is, like, I see all these people bringing up, like, oh, there's this, this, like, psychological thing here, or this one here, this one here, or someone is seeing something supernatural, and nobody ever thinks, like, maybe you just saw some, like, the guy who saw someone and they waved to him. Right. Maybe you just saw someone. <laughs> Maybe it's a possibility. It was a literal just other person having a smoke break in I, the mountains. Like I can give an example. I've seen people like you say, like dressed in all black would be weird. But again, people dressed in all black. I am almost dressed in all black today. All yeah. black. Well, there, yeah. yeah. So it's it's one of those things that's not strange. But like for my own example, I have seen someone. I had a really creepy experience once, not with a supernatural being or anything, but I was hiking with my friends. Um, I lived in a canyon and we were hiking around the mountains and we see this guy 
He is in an all black hoodie. He has black gloves on and the hood is over his head. And we see him walking. We're like, it's just a guy hiking. It was, it was like 80 degrees. So it was weird. Um, oh yeah, that's but, the detail you left out. <laughs> yeah, that, that's kind of an important one. But he was down below us. We were on a cliff. He was down below us. Then 15 minutes later, he wasn't down below us. He was on the cliff and we were down below him, which means he had followed us up to that spot, but we had moved. And I've had creepy experiences like that before, but it's not a specter, it's just a person. As weird as they- Creepy. Yeah, exactly. Who knows what they wanted? I don't know. That place was filled with weird people, but it it's one of those things where it's not weird to see someone in the mountains, especially now with other hiking trails, you're gonna see other people. Or like one of my favorite comments that I saw Someone said that she and her boyfriend saw uh, saw the Dark Watchers on a mountainside a couple hundred yards away. That's how she starts the story from their car. And she says they then U-turn multiple times on this highway to like see this. And while they're doing this to look at this person, she says this person is uh, laboriously walking up the hill. And she said she and her boyfriend couldn't find any distinguishing or identifying marks on this person hundreds of yards from the road that's that you're driving past multiple times. I don't know if you saw a dark watcher, I'm gonna assume you didn't, but it's it's some of the encounters, like people I feel like leave out little details like that, which are kind of important too. Yeah, um, I will say there is one theory that I wanted to bleed over just because I think it's always fun to bleed Bring this one over. And it works every time. The Men in Black, which oh, is yes. su- <laughs> such an easy way to work this over. The Men yeah, in Black- What are they doing t- in the mountains? Well, right? they typically like watch people. So if you see them, maybe they're keeping their eye on you. That's what the Men in Black do. Um, even like the man in the hat is considered a, like he could be considered a, men in, a man in black, just watching you from your room. They always so are keeping tabs on you. Quit Googling conspiracy theories and they'll leave you alone. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, there could be something up in those mountains they don't want us to get to. I mean, I think that Nicolas Cage was onto something, but maybe the Golden Pyramid <laughs> is in the mountains in Big Sur. Yeah, there you go. So that's yeah. what the men in black are actually doing is they're protecting the land. Then yeah. they're walking in and out of like what some like mirage builder like some mirage creator that they're like walking out of you see them and then when you turn away they just like hop back into it and that's where it is i was reading about something recently where the the navy tested out this thing they call this smoke screen to where a plane would deploy this chemical mixture into the air and as soon as it met with the moisture in the air in the ocean it would create this thick white screen of smoke and then the allied bombers or the uh, the ships would go through this smoke screen and become invisible because Ooh. then the people on the other side couldn't see them therefore couldn't shoot at them yeah. so yes <clears throat> smoke screen does exist and that's exactly what the men in black are using i'm totally with you sounds damaging to the environment i've, I've heard of similar <laughs> things like that they've um I've, I've also heard they've tested it in deserts as well because you get the same type of reaction in the desert and it can completely just like mirage out the desert. So, yeah. So it's, I don't know, I mean, that's maybe that's possible, uh, but- No, I, the obvious theory, it's aliens. aliens. Aliens, always aliens. I mean, who knows? Maybe that's how they're migrating and kind of just coming back to the same spot in the same day. Maybe they do migrate, but they have a UFO. But why do they, why do they go there specifically? This is what I don't understand. Don't like, what is in the California area is nice. Cool trees. There's an ocean. That I didn't know what Big Sur was, and I looked it up, and the Google box says that it's a tourist destination. <laughs> well, then. <laughs> the Google box. <laughs> yeah. So they're just tourists. Touristy aliens. I mean, if you listen yeah. to our uh, episode two episodes ago, the Chupacabra is just a lost alien pet. So. Yeah. Poor guy. Yeah. Poor Chupacabra. Poor Chupacabra. So but yeah, I, mean, I think that's the dark watchers. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much it. I mean, or is it? Because you also have the fact that over in this area, uh, part of the highway just got demolished. So the day before we were about to talk about it. Yes. Coincidence? I think not. 
Right. So if anyone saw a shadow person coming, tumbling down the mountain, knocking out a road, <laughs> I would like to know. But if, you know, if anybody lives in the area and has access to a bunch of buckskin and a walking stick, we need to know. Please go out. Yeah. Find them. Mm-hmm. Would be and helpful. bring like a little charcoal pencil and something you can sketch what it looks like yeah. in real time. Yeah. 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 So tell us if you've seen them. Otherwise, uh, tell us if you have plans to take Sarah's advice and go see them. Please do. Um, yeah, you can you can follow us on the interwebs, and we have an Instagram now. Yay! And you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter as well as always at Conspiracy What. Uh, you can find all these books that we talked about this time at our Goodreads, and all of our previous related books. Unless an episode has no books, like Finland's Not Real, there is no literature on such a topic. <laughs> Yet. Yet. You can't have literature on something that's not there, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, should I just put up a bunch of Finland travel books? <laughs> yeah, please do. Oh man, um, yeah, and then we also have a newsletter as well. Newsletter, sign up for the newsletter. Yes. Because all of the photos and things that we talk about, any like, visual evidence, I will throw in the newsletter and send it to your nice little email. Collected in one nice, easy place. If you don't want them in your inbox, you can also just look it up. And there is an archive of all the previous letters. So if you sign up now and you still want to see the older ones, they are there. You didn't miss them. But yeah, uh, thank you, Sarah, for joining us again. Yeah, thanks for um, helping me find a new thing to be terrified of. Yeah, and that book, Thomas Steinbeck's book, I ordered for a pickup at your library. So yes, if we get it, you can read it when it gets there. (laughs) And yeah, I've been Allie. I'm Cameron. I'm Sarah. Thanks for listening. Remember to always stay stitches and remember they're watching you even if you don't see them.